Ding Dongs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast normally about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's a ghost who also knows how to make pancakes. It's my sister, Marissa. Is there a ghost in the house? Well, when I look in the mirror, I see one, but I'm ching. <laughs> there are two ghosts in the house. One of them is making pancakes. The other one, who knows? <laughs> So now that the good place is on hiatus until January, (laughs) we're getting into the holiday spirit by watching some ridiculous made-for-TV Christmas movies, which is actually like the original idea we had for this whole podcast. And God, it's the original idea you had for the whole podcast. Yes. Oh, you were, you know, interested in it too. I think. Don't don't put that all on me. Revision. You're with your revisionist hallmark. (laughs) history um two weeks so two weeks ago we watched a gift to remember aka amnesia christmas aka aka a very gritty christmas depending on which one of us you are today we are watching the most bonkers and probably the best uh made for tv christmas movie ever can we say that ever ever the spirit of christmas the spirit of christmas and it's so thematically appropriate for the good place it's so good before we get to <laughs> this amazing piece of, it's not cinematic. Filmmaking. Telematic? It's not, because it's not, it wasn't like theatrically released. <laughs> anyway, before we get to this wonderful movie, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And if there are other like podcast apps that have reviews, please, uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play, Twitter at The Good Play Pod. Marissa usually does the live tweets of every episode uh, when The Good Place is live. But in the meantime, it's a lot of like Good Place news and keeping an eye out for, you know, Emmy nods and all that sort of thing. And then you can also send us an email at uh, thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. The spirit of Christmas. <laughs> Are we just going to keep saying the spirit of the Christmas? The spirit of Christmas. <laughs> it has two meanings. It's very clever. <laughs> so the the cold open of this movie. <laughs> I don't how like how detailed do we want to actually make a summary? You guys, it's on Netflix. Just watch it. But it's part of the fun is us going through all this. So Oh, I'm going to go through. I just don't know to like how minute you know the details I want to go through. I got time. You do what okay. you want. <laughs> so we open on a guy with a very strange haircut i'm still not sure what his haircut is it it's like <laughs> okay i see where you're going with the minutia his hair you know, was kind of his what, hair like, changed what? we'll talk about the hair <laughs> okay yeah i mean now's as good a time as any talk about his hair uh, this just, is daniel he's our male protagonist so, but his hair but is we, weird but we have to get to what happens to him before i can talk okay, about fine. his hair so our okay. cold open is that he's like trudging painfully slowly through like knee-high snow he sees he looks onto a house he sees a woman being embraced by a man he kind of gets this look on his face of like you know this isn't what i expected to see and then someone comes up from behind, whacks him on the head, and he dies. <laughs> he, he bl- As Jason Van Tukas would say, the cold open is murder. <laughs> yep. It it's, is. Yeah, yeah, this is where is. we're at, guys. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no punches pulled. It's no. not like, it's not, there's no cutaway. It's like, whack, fall it's, over, uh, watch the life leave his body. <laughs> he bleeds out in the snow. 
He probably okay. freezes to death, right? I mean... Well, his head is bloody, too, because there's blood no, on the I'm, rock. I'm with you. I just think he probably... He yeah, probably, he probably froze freezes. to death. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, then we this say... This is oh, a, a romantic movie <laughs> that starts with a full-on cold-blooded murder. Yeah, with a blunt instrument. Yeah. You know? So, present day, we meet our female protagonist, Kate. She's out to dinner with her boyfriend. It's... <laughs> It's the same scene that we see at the beginning of every made-for-TV Christmas movie. He's like, Kate, someday you're going to find a man who, you know, you're going to marry, and and that's not me. And she's like, oh, thank God, I thought you were going to propose to me. Like, yeah, I know, I'm emotionally unavailable. Okay, thank you, next. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) next. Thank you, next. I'm so effing grateful for my... <laughs> the greatest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. Cool, cool. Uh, we should do a um, clip show, and it's just all me laughing at, like it's like this and Placebo Boulevard and Giuliani Cast and Giuliani Cast and uh, Pearl Jam. So, <laughs> um, so Kate is, uh, we think she's a lawyer. I mean, they have really. I guess she's. Yeah, a, she's they say. A- She's they like say an she's estate. up a partner, right? Yeah, she so she works at a law firm that deals with like estate law. That's kind of because this uh, her assignment is like someone has died and we are basically in charge of the trust that was left, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, and the building that was left behind is going to the trust so we have to sell it. So she's like an estate lawyer. Right. And the boss, you know, the sort of ter- stereotypical hard driving boss is like Go, you know, we've had two appraisers come by. They both won't appraise the place. Like, you have to physically go in person. It's it's supposed to... It's, so the, the law firm's in Boston. I know the fa- filming location was in Massachusetts. So let's just assume this is like a Massachusetts bed and breakfast or whatever. Uh, so they it's actually like filmed to- in Massachusetts? Yes, I believe so. Because I was going to say, like, one of my things I wrote down was like, wow, it's really refreshing to see... A made-for-TV Christmas snow? movie with snow. Real I snow. Know. It was crazy. I was like... That, I mean, like, you can't fake that, right? Like, like no. the sort of, like, tromping through this, like, <laughs> knee-high snow. Like, that is snow. Yeah. That is snow. I Yeah. So this is, like, a bed and breakfast in Massachusetts. Over, and he's like, you got to go get it appraised because we can't seem to do it remotely. So, fine. Kate pulls up. You know, and Kate's, by the way, Kate's delightful. Can I just say? <laughs> she's a, she's a, this is, she's probably the most competent actor in the film, is what I'll say. Yeah. I can agree with that. So, Rafferty's a close second. So... Was that Walt the inn guy? The innkeeper? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Kate goes to... She pulls up to this inn, like, in her car. As she's pulling up in her car, this, like, squirrely guy is, like, running out of the front door. And he, like, has a clipboard. So, she's like, are you the appraiser? Like, where are you going? Bye! You know, and he, like, runs away. And she's like, okay, what is that? She goes into the inn... She sees a newspaper clipping, and one of the things she sees in the newspaper clipping is the guy that we saw murdered in the cold open. <laughs> and <laughs> so she has a key because, like, you know, her law firm is the one who's sort of settling the estate. And as she's poking around, she's interrupted by the innkeeper, Walter Rafferty, who basically, like, has his things in a bindle over his shoulder like and he's got like <laughs> he's got like speed lines going out behind him like fwing, i'm on my way out bye you know and she's like wait why would you 
close a bed and breakfast during like the most travel east travel season of the year and he's like oh it's tradition okay gotta go bye like well, he he also tells her like you can't stay here and she's like i think i can handle it and she's and he's like okay good luck to you right yeah uh, so and she said and we see her set the alarm so we know that she sets the alarm so when the clock strikes mid- that, that midnight that night uh kate's asleep in one of the rooms of the inn and we see a man walk into the house, disable the alarm. She kind of hears him tromping around. She goes downstairs and she sees like his silhouette kind of in the hall. And he's like, you're trespassing. And she kind of stumbles around. She bumps into a bookshelf and a vase falls off the top of the bookshelf and hits her on the head, which is like, yeah, yikes. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine. Yes. <laughs> Also, nobody, no medical worker is going to believe the story of I bumped into a bookshelf and a vase fell on my head, right? They're going to be like, we're going to call social services now. Yeah. You're going to be okay. So she gets knocked out by this vase. Like, that's that's also alarming. She wakes up on the couch. Yeah, you'd think it would actually be like a vase hits her in the head. She's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, exactly. Like I got a son of a, oh. I got the vase hitting me in the head. I got this creeper in my house. <laughs> Can't catch a break up here. It's also it's also like three weeks or two weeks before Christmas or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's two weeks. And, and it's December thirteenth. Oh, that's right. And she also, it, it, I think it deserves to be said. Like part of the um, part of her conversation with her boss is he's like, well, I'm going to the Bahamas for Christmas, but Kate, you never have a life, so you never have any plans for Christmas, so you go take care of this. We find out at some point that her mom is dead. Um, and her, her father are is, divorced. And her, fa- and her parents are divorced. Yeah. So she wakes up on the couch to someone plonking out, blah, 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 blah. You sound like Scuttle. <laughs> I'm the Little Mermaid. I know. <laughs> he's not a good piano player, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, come- he's had, uh, spoilers, but he's had, like, 100 years, years to learn. <laughs> You'd think he'd be better. He's like, what else is he doing, anyway? It's basically like Groundhog Day. <laughs> Phil Connors becomes a really great chess pianist in that movie. So... She kind of comes to, like, who is inexpertly banging out a dumb Christmas song? And he's like, you got to get out of here. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm, no, like, I'm legally here. Yeah, he's and like, he, she's like, you get out. <laughs> right. So he bodily picks her up. By the way, she has just opened her eyes after being put into, like, a quasi-coma <laughs> by a heavy vase. Like, <laughs> she probably needs to go to the ER, but he picks her up and, like, just throw... Like, he he does, like, what happens to DJ Jazzy Jeff at the beginning of Fresh <laughs> Prince. <laughs> just Uncle, Uncle fills her out the door. And locks it behind her. I think... Oh, and then at some point, he, like, throws, like, a blanket out after her. Like, oh, good, thanks. I might die of my untreated head injury, but at least I won't die of hypothermia like you did. (laughs) Spoilers. Anyway. So she calls... She's got her cell phone, thank God. And she calls the sheriff. And the sheriff kind of comes out and is like, there's nobody here. And it was probably a drifter. And he was spooked away when he saw me coming. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Uh, you're real scary, dude. Really? This is the most ineffectual law enforcement. I guess (laughs) because they live in like a tiny town. What do they Mm -hmm. need? Yeah. 
Oh, my favorite part was she was like, he was really well dressed. He was wearing a tie. And he goes, well, some drifters do. Like, yes. <laughs> the sheriff has like his what encyclopedia of drifters. Like, come on, man. So that night we see her set the alarm again, lock the door to her room. And then Daniel, the ghost, the guy, this is all the same guy. He, D- Daniel like appears in her room late and he's like, I have the key to everything or whatever. And she's like, what? She calls the sheriff again. <laughs> He comes out. He doesn't find anything. He's like, didn't you get hit on the head or whatever? And she's like, it's not. (sighs) No. Uh, And then as soon as the sheriff's gone, Daniel reappears and he's like, oh, BT dubs. I know the alarm code. And she's like, (laughs) she seems like annoyed that he's there. Yeah. More than scared. More than scared. She's like, you again. And in my, I feel (laughs) like, oh, this is just a reality in which like, okay, like, ghosts are real yeah, I'm getting... and we're not going to interrogate that <laughs> well she doesn't I, I wouldn't jump to the conclusion he's a ghost I would think that he was like a really squirrely you know attempted rapist or murderer I think right? yeah like, but I even wouldn't... that I'd be like I, and the and the sheriff I would I would point... definitely get like a butcher knife out of the kitchen and sleep with it in clutched in my hand the sheriff at one point was like do you want me to stay here while you get your stuff and she's like annoyed with him too she's like no I just want you and I was like <laughs> Look, you might think the drifters wear ties, but he's trying to be helpful. Yeah. Anyway. So Walter comes back. I don't really know why he comes back, but he comes back and he's like, so you've met the ghost. (laughs) And Kate's like, yeah, he's not a ghost. And and Daniel's like, I for sure am a ghost. Um, I'm a ghost all of the year except the 12 days before Christmas. And then I take bodily form because she's like you're not like she like pinches him or whatever she's like you're not a ghost and he's like no i totally am so he takes her outside and they walk together to the property edge outside where he like disappears into a vortex as soon as they like pass the property line so okay now she believes hooray so kate goes back inside she talks to walter she's like what's the deal with this ghost man and he's like daniel's like sitting in a chair reading or whatever being like i'm right here i can hear you (laughs) and Walter's like, well, let me tell you about this ghost. And he's like, still, I can still hear you. (laughs) So Kate's like, oh, I bet that you have, like, unfinished business before you can move on. Like, let's figure out how you died. Like, tell me everything about how you died or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I don't really remember. And I kind of tried to figure things out when I first came back as a ghost. You know, he was killed 95 years ago, I think. Or maybe he was killed 96 years ago. And he's yeah, had, he and was he's killed had, in uh, Prohibition was a thing. Oh, 1920, so was, right. So he was killed in, yeah, early 1920s, yeah. They actually say 1920 at one point, I think. Oh, okay. so, so, and this movie is 20, 2015. So maybe he, do you think he came back as a ghost that first year? Or it was, it was the next year that it was his first uh, haunting? Uh, ooh, I hope it wasn't the, like, you mean like he died oh, and then immediately came back as a no, ghost? No, it, it can't have been because he didn't like know what was going on with Lily and Charles and all that. So it had to be that he just was like dormant for a year and then came back in 1921. Yeah. So, you know, basically when he came back in 21, like Harry, who was running the inn, who was his cousin, like tried to help him kind of figure out who killed him and they couldn't really figure it out. And like, I don't really want to delve into it at this point. And Walter's like, look, man, the trust is going to sell the inn. Somebody else is going to come here. They're not going to, like, bro down with you. So, like, maybe you should <laughs> try to move on. And they're definitely not going to close this inn in deference to you, like, the busiest season of the year. And Daniel's like, ugh, fine. So Kate's like, okay, how'd you die? And Daniel's like, yeah, I don't remember. So he doesn't remember the cold open that we saw. <laughs> 
So we have he more was, information than he getting hit in the head. <laughs> right. So we have more information than he does at this point. And Walter's like, you know, they, his body had signs of foul play, but, you know, there was never anything, you know, nobody ever had any leads or whatever. No, he said nothing was ever proven, which I have issues with, but we'll come back to that. Okay. Okay. And she's like, ooh, you were murdered. Cool. Like, Kate does <laughs> yeah, not treat so... this with gravity no, at all. at all. Throughout that whole movie, actually, like, they find out, like, a piece of information and Daniel gets upset and she's like, why are you upset? And, like, and yeah, at one right. point he's like, like uh, this is, this might be a game to you or whatever, but like, this happened to me. So yeah. like, you know, you gotta be a little bit more sensitive. She is not all that sensitive. I mean, for her, it's like, a, it's like listening to cereal or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, okay. So like, what were the circumstances of your death or whatever? And Daniel's like, well, I was a rum runner. He doesn't say as much, but he's like, I was, I was a rum runner coming back from Canada. And like, I was on my way home. And that's that's when I died. I inherited the inn after my parents died. And my brother inherited it partly, but I ran it. You know, Charles, my brother wanted to sell it, but I didn't. So Daniel, you know, he got helped to run it from his cousin, Harry. And Kate's like, well, why were you rum running if you were running the inn? And he's like, it was for, as, as so many things are, it was for a woman or whatever. Yeah. Okay, okay, bro. So we get a flashback. These flashbacks are so painful. Like, I'm sorry. Daniel can barely act. Yeah, he, Daniel is he, like on the cut. He sometimes, he's hot <laughs> enough where like sometimes <laughs> it makes up for it. But his line readings are sometimes just like, yeah, no. And because then, they it, have him speak like early 1900s English instead right. of today English. So, And he just cannot sell it at all. No. It doesn't sound like, oh, this is the English that this guy speaks. It sounds like he's reading lines. But then, way worse, the woman playing Lily, the guy playing Charles are terrible. They're both awful, yeah. They're, like... How how could you like there are community theater players in every small town in America who could have done a better job with this like I don't understand why I don't understand why anything that has any budget has any bad actors I mean that very seriously like do they just have to find someone who fit the costumes they already have like <laughs> I don't know it was oh my god they're so bad and then the the cousin is actually a pretty good actor all things considered yeah Harry but Charles and Lily every time they're on screen I was just like digging my nails into my palms like make this stop so I don't want to linger on these flashbacks but like okay but I need to say this one line because it made me laugh out loud okay go ahead so uh in this first flashback it's 1920 it's the winter Daniel is talking to Harry about how the the inn isn't doing well and he actually says, this is a real line. He says, between the economy and influenza, I'm surprised anyone is venturing out at all. I mean, you do remember that the flu epidemic of 1918, right? I just, there's something about between the economy and influenza just like, like made l- me laugh. Literal millions and millions of people died in 1918 of the flu. I know. I'm just okay. saying it made me laugh. I'm not trying to be insensitive about the people who died of the flu. Just saying, like, would we say that now? Like, between the economy and Ebola? I do. (laughs) I do like quoting Griffin McElroy in this economy? Yes. This economy? (laughs) Just randomly with no context. Hey, Marissa, did you see the latest? Did you see the latest issue of uh, Spin Magazine? What, in this economy? (laughs) So, anyway, it, 
made me Her- laugh. Yeah, Harry says, okay, basically we can get you some more money if you do some rum running. And Daniel's like, no, it's dishonorable or whatever. And then Lily walks in. And that's the end of the flashback, thank God, because she's Lily like, doesn't have any lines. Yeah, super... She's supposed to be super hot. She she just she's just sort of regular pretty. Yeah, but Kate maybe, is Kate is prettier than she is in my opinion. But maybe it's like this is 1920 and there's an influenza epidemic. Like maybe <laughs> definitely uh, there was a smaller population. You know, it's like how it's when Liz Lemon goes to Cleveland and people ask her if she's a model. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different different scales for different <laughs> times and places. So Daniel's like, you know, Lily was my sweetheart, but then she betrayed me with Charles. And we flash back again, and <laughs> Daniel and Lily are talking, and she's like, oh, when we get married, it'll be so lo- lovely to live in this inn, and he's like, really, you want to do that? Because, like, obviously he doesn't think the inn is sustainable, he kind of wants to ditch it. And she's like, well, that's the reason I fall in love with you, and it's the reason that my father thinks it's okay for us to get married, and Daniel's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes to Harry, and he's like, hey, about that rum running thing. <laughs> yeah, basically. So... Uh, Daniel and Kate are like chilling at night in the inn and Daniel's like hey what does your husband think of you being here by yourself and she's like yep not married and he's like well what about your bow or whatever she, and that's yeah. one of the many things that he cannot convincingly say yeah, he's like your bow then yeah <laughs> and she's like yeah I don't have one of those either and like I'm not an old maid thanks very much times have changed and he's like people don't fall in love <laughs> she's like yeah some do I don't know I have it so she goes up to bed and she hears like creepy whispering it's like, voices. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of something from the Harry Potter movies, but I don't remember what exactly. Probably. <laughs> Thank you. That's a really good impression. So, another flashback. Ugh. Charles is yelling at Daniel about how he's so selfish for doing this rum running and. Uh, he's like, I'm doing it for Lily. And he's like, if you really loved, if you really loved her, like you would, (laughs) (laughs) you would stay here and, you know, be with her or whatever. And Daniel's like, well, Daniel says like, yeah, well, at least you'll have a shot at her. Like I see the way you look at her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's bad. And then Daniel asks Harry, like, why did you tell Charles I was going to do rum running? He's like, look, Charles has access to the books. Like, he can see that the cash flow is wonky. And Daniel's like, we'll never tell him again. And Harry's like, okay. <laughs> so it's like, damage is already, you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, but whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not a, uh, did they have toothpaste in tubes in 1920? Probably not. No, I don't think so. So Kate wakes up the next morning. She hears some noises. She follows them, the noises, to Daniel's room where Daniel is a very shirtless. Hello, nurse. Is he wearing his suspenders over his bare chest or are they kind of hanging down or something? They're hanging down. He's wearing wearing his pants that have suspenders, but the suspenders are like down at his sides and he's ironing the shirt that he's about to put on. Yeah, that's, I think, I believe that as a 1920s thing. Sure, I'll believe that. Yeah, I believe that too, yeah. And she's like, oh, hello. And he's like, hi. And he's like still ironing the shirt. And (laughs) and everyone in the audience gets... (laughs) Everyone in the audience... Yeah, she doesn't like say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like run out. She's just kind of like stand and kind of like sneak in glances. She like tries to have a conversation with him. There's like a picture of Lily in his room. Yeah. And she's like, is this Lily? And he's like, what are you doing in here? (laughs) So they go down after he gets dressed. They go downstairs (laughs) 
and Walter is talking to this woman named Molly. She's also a good actress. It's like I like pa- Molly. It's the past people that they cast really badly. I don't know why. The present day people are mostly fine. Maybe the past people were all like reenactors and they were like, if you bring your own <laughs> costume, like you do whatever you want. And they're like, great. We'll pay you like a day rate. Yeah. So it turns out she, her brother is the sheriff who has come in and ineffectually poked around the house for a drifter. <laughs> And Mal- Kate, I'd be like, why does your brother think that drifters were ties? <laughs> so Molly's like, hey, um, I own a pub, but the pipes burst and we have this Christmas Eve dance every year. And can we host it here? And Daniel's like, absolutely not. And Kate's like, yeah, no. Hey, can, let's, uh, excuse me. Just I need to talk to him for a minute. She pulls him aside and she's like, your name is DJ and we're having this party here. He's like, my name is not DJ. She's like, your name is DJ. And they go back. <laughs> well, his name actually is DJ because it's Daniel Jacob. So, right, but he doesn't go by Right, that. right, right. So he's, she's like, DJ's fine with it, actually. Like, you can have your party here. And Molly's like, great, you know, we'll have, you know, this, that, the other thing, and we'll have a bartender. And Daniel's like, no, you won't. Like, no bartender's better than I am. And He's so weird on this. He's so <laughs> aggro. He's, like, just met this woman. Yeah. And the other thing about Daniel is, like, he, he has no chill about, like, not letting it slip that he's from the 20s. <laughs> Yes, so they're talking about um, the woman who died. Who Henrietta. Henry is Henrietta. Who? So it's that's Charles's daughter. No, sorry, that's no, Harry's it's daughter. Harry's daughter. So it's so it's Daniel's first cousin once removed. Yeah, and like something about you know Molly says like oh you know something she mentions Henrietta and he's like oh yes I knew her when she was a small child and she and he's like. Molly's like what? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, he never he never conceals. You know, at some at one point, you know, they they decorate the inn, and he's like, "Oh, it looks almost as good as it did in my time." And it's like, "What? Stop talking!" <laughs> everyone's everyone's like, "What?" And then Kate's always like, "Uh, <laughs> he's, he's such a cut up." <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, so, so then, he like, doesn't he no like, chill. He's super nope. aggro about this for some reason. Yeah. So then he like so Daniel like goes to the bar in the inn and is like. Uh, like surveying the like what drinks they have and the case starts making like a shopping list of the stuff that she has to go out and buy for him like okay fine so then that night like Daniel acts as the bartender yeah it's this whole like well I'll show you that I'm really good at making drinks and Molly's like you're on it's like what is this weird tangent so then right so but then as Molly is like testing out these drinks and Daniel's like having a good time being bartender. Molly's like, oh, I've always loved this house. It has so many like secrets and scandals and mysteries. Like, you know, Daniel was killed and then his fiance married his brother and then she had a baby and the baby died and Lily died. And everybody said that the baby was actually Daniel's baby. Because the baby came, quote, too soon. Right. Yeah. And Daniel hears this and kind of leaves. And Molly's like, what's wrong with him? And Kate's like, yeah, okay. And and follows him out. And, and she's like, why did you leave? And that's when he, he's like, she's <laughs> yeah. like, we were getting good intel. And he's like, what yeah. is wrong with you? Like, I just heard that my fiance died in childbirth, giving birth to my child who then died. Like, can we and like- also, he didn't know about a baby. He didn't, yeah, he didn't know any of that. Yeah. So he was like, I just found out, yeah, that my, that like the love of my life died giving birth to a baby I didn't know about and it might be mine, but it might be my brother's. Could you chill on this whole like, <laughs> you know, mystery thing for a sec and just like let me grieve or whatever? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that it turns out that the two of them were fooling around before they got married, which I guess is, has always been a thing since the beginning of time, but it's just interesting that for a movie to kind of admit that. Yeah. Especially like a lifetime original movie. (laughs) 
And Daniel tells Kate that Lily found out about the rum running and was super mad about it. And we have like a stupid flashback about how Lily acting terribly is like, promise me, promise me. And Daniel's like, I promise I'll be home for Christmas, you nag. (laughs) He doesn't call her a nag. No, he doesn't. That word probably didn't exist back then. You're calling her a nag. Well, he he acts as as though that's what she is, right? Yeah, that's true. He's... He does not, he's not like, I totally understand. He's like, ugh, fine. Yeah. So Kate, like, apparently he's relating this flashback to her or whatever. And she's, like, super mad. And she's like... Which makes no sense to me, but... No. She's like, oh, so you just, like, went against your wishes and went rum running while she was, like, secretly pregnant or whatever. Like, she probably killed you. And Yeah, she goes, maybe she killed you. I know I would. Like, whoa! What? That is... <laughs> this is a dark... What? <laughs> Dark portent for their future relationship. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. This is the woman that he's like, ends up. Anyway. Yeah. And then also so, she does this weird thing where she blames. She's like, she's like, oh, so you just run off and like you get yourself killed as if like he <laughs> knew that was going to happen. Like he obviously could not have foreseen that happening. Like obviously it's dangerous, but like, like I would have understood if she was like, you did something really risky and like who knows if you had been able to make it home and obviously she had a reason to worry but she goes like well you just you just you know you got yourself killed and then you're you leave her to die in a maybe loveless marriage with your <laughs> yeah. brother yeah and he's like yeah you can get the fork out yeah okay? I, I would have done the same Goodbye. thing Goodbye. I would have done you the have same to, thing yeah you gotta get out of this house in the morning she's like fine <laughs> and she storms off but then she goes to talk to Walter and Walter's She's like, I ruined everything. And Walter's like, yeah, you know. Give him time. Like, him, Yeah, like, I, I bet he's not actually going to kick you out of the house. And then later that night, we see Daniel sort of walking around the house. So Daniel doesn't sleep. Is it, So that's Daniel has never slept, apparently, since he's been dead. And he kind of just chills out at night. At, at one point that night, he kind of sees Lily just for a moment. So the next morning, Kate brings a Christmas tree to the inn and oh so so at some point you know the next day she gets locked in her room by an angry spirit and she like screams and daniel comes to rescue her and she's like you didn't have to do that like i was gonna leave and he's like i didn't do anything and she's like well okay if that wasn't you like what about like the creepy voices he's like yeah that also wasn't me and look why don't you just stay and she's like yeah i'm sorry about last night and they're like okay we're cool now somehow so they set up the christmas tree together and Kate's like, yeah, I'm always alone for Christmas, but I always make sure I have a tree because my mom loved Christmas trees, which is what we assume the mom is dead, as the mom is always dead in these movies. Yeah. And Daniel's like, oh, the men of your time must be so foolish, like, they could because you're alone. And she's like, I don't know. It's, I think it's me. Like, I don't really know how to love anybody because I'm the product of divorce, which, you know, as demon Adam Scott said oh, to you're Eleanor, right. As Steve Adams got to Eleanor, that's a pretty terrible excuse, given that that's like half of all American kids, but cool, whatever. Yeah. And Daniel's like, I bet you are capable of love. And she's like, look, I promise that if you are just kind of stuck here, that I will make sure that you always have a tree for Christmas and they kind of stand in front of the tree and hold hands. And Daniel's like, okay, tonight, you know, there's obviously some other presence in this inn. And tonight I will just kind of like sit in your room while you sleep, which is very Twilight. But at least that's exactly. Yep. 
<laughs> but at least in this situation, it's with everybody's full knowledge and consent as opposed to Twilight, which and is just he's creepy like, and stalkerish. And he also has the, like, 1920s, like, I have to be honorable, so he's not, like, leering at her or anything. Right. He sits, he's like, look, I'll set up this chair. The chair is facing away from your bed. Like, I'm not going to violate your modesty. I'm just trying to protect you from this other ghost. At some point during the night... um, there's some kind of noise or weirdness and he kind of covers her back up with a blanket, but that's all. Um, so the next morning she wakes up and you have here with a full face of makeup. She's constantly waking up with a full face of makeup. It happens like seven times over the course of the movie. She's just like, wakes up is like, you know, instantly gorgeous. I really wanted her to have like raccoon eyes, you know, (laughs) sometimes her hair is slightly disheveled. Also, God, I love her hair color. I Me know it's too. I I know it's fake, but like that's the hair color I'm aiming for when I fake my hair color. Me too. <laughs> okay, okay. She's got like this deep. She's got like this. It's like an auburn. Auburn. It's wonderful. It's great. So Walter comes over for breakfast the next morning, and they're like, "Hey, there's another ghost," and he's like, "What? <laughs> like what?" So Kate's like, let's run through the facts. I think Daniel was murdered by Charles or Lily. And Daniel's like, it could have also been like uh, this random Canadian gangster who has like a really French name. It's like, it's like, it's like Pierre. Okay. It's uh, some Conrad LaBelle, I think actually. Conrad LaBelle, yeah. Should have been Pierre. <laughs> so it's Daniel all- last name. I guess it's like to show. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It's Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Daniel all of a sudden remembers, like, closer to the moment of his own death. He, he remembers he's coming home early from the rum running to try to make it home for Lily's promise, like, you know, to come home for Christmas. And he suddenly remembers, like, seeing Lily and Charles on the porch and then, like, feeling, like, he puts his head to his, he puts his hand to his head because he, like, feels, again, like the rock hitting him in the back of the head. Spoiler alert, it's a rock. Uh, so... Kate's like, well, how long were you gone before Christmas? And he says, I don't know, like two weeks. She's like, was it 12 days? And he's like, yeah, I guess it could have been. She's like, do you see? Like, it matches. Like, you are corporeal for the amount of time that you were gone before Christmas. And it's like, oh, hmm. Also, he sees, he remembers that he saw Lily on the porch, so she couldn't have killed him. Yeah, nor, nor Charles. Right. So, you know, Kate's constantly getting angry phone calls from her hard driving boss and she gets one now. He's like, oh, you have to come back to Boston. And so she's like, okay. Yeah, By the senator way, the, died. Yes. By the way, the establishing shots are legit of Boston. I was like, oh, I miss you. Yeah. So she's like, look, I will be back here for Christmas. Much like Daniel once promised Lily, I will be back here for Christmas. And Daniel gives him this pocket watch. He's like, look, this was my father's, but it hasn't opened since I died. And um, as for all I know, once you pass the property line, it's just going to kind of disappear. But I want you to have it anyway. And they almost kiss, but then they don't. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot so of almost in- kissing in this movie. Yes. Back in Boston, her boss is like, what were you doing that whole time? And she's like, yeah, I was working with a ghost trying to solve his murder. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. At the inn, Daniel and Walter are playing chess. And Molly calls Walter on a cell phone and Daniel's like, oh, your little box is making a noise. Sometimes he knows everything about the present and sometimes he's yeah. one person caveman lawyer. Yeah, that's such a great way to put it because he's like, he's like, oh, when she gets in the house, he's like, I know the alarm code. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. So he has some like, he's been around, like he has some facility with the present day situation and like he doesn't 
Oh, he calls her car an auto, right? Okay. Or an automobile or whatever. But, like, you know, he's not like, oh, my God, what is that? Like, you know, in 1920s, they had, like, Model Ts, right? So he, But he doesn't seem surprised by her car. But then, yeah, with the cell phone, he's like, he calls it a special device. Yes. Like a weirdo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so they're playing chess. Molly calls Walter and on his special device. And <laughs> after they get off, Daniel's like, hey, you know, Molly likes you. And you should do something about it. And Walter's like, I, I have to take care of you. <laughs> Which is a terrible dumb. excuse. What yeah, do you 12 do days other? a year. Yeah. Super busy. <laughs> and Daniel's like, don't use me an excuse. Don't use me as an excuse not to live your life. And Walter's like, well, what about you? And Kate. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's a little different. Yeah, he's like, I'm a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what he really says, and I was, I mean, I think this movie is amazing. But like, <laughs> um, you know, I did. He was like, look, it's not. He's like, as long as I'm in this condition or whatever like it's not fair of me to like kate doesn't deserve that like she deserves somebody who can like actually be there for her um but yeah that's a perfectly reasonable position as (laughs) opposed to walter's like i don't know like 12 days a year like i've got this ghost living in my inn like that's not a reason not to ask a woman out yeah well yeah it was this weird thing where walter was like so what like so what we we go out on a date and we like each other like what then right and daniel has oh this is actually really funny yes he goes, well, you were married once before. I assume you'd know. I was yes, like, like, oh, dang. dang. <laughs> you know. So, okay. So, we know Daniel, Daniel knows what he's talking about because he and Lily turns were out. around. Yep. So, turns out Daniel calls to get an appraisal of the inn because he's trying to help Kate. And Kate hears about it from her boss and she gets praised for it even though she had nothing to do with it. But that's fine. Uh, the boss is like, okay, you need to work on this dead senator thing or whatever, and you can't go. I hope it was a state senator. <laughs> uh, he's like, you can't go back to the inn. And she's like, but it's Christmas. And he's like, I don't care. And he's like, priorities, Kate. And then we kind of see, like, Kate and Daniel, like, so far apart, both looking at Christmas trees. And then... Also, she got a bunch of paperwork, but we don't know what it is. Okay. Yeah. So... Then we cut to Daniel, like, waking up from being asleep outside. And he's like, oh, that's new. Because he hasn't slept in 95 years. <laughs> when he comes back inside, he hears someone inexpertly plonking. <laughs> boop, 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 It's Kate, who can also terribly play the Days of Christmas. It was just one pianist they used for the books. They both sound equally terrible. And he's like, oh, you came back? And she's like, well, priorities. Because, yeah, as you say, that's a callback to a conversation he wasn't part of. That's I was like, he's not. I was yelling at my TV. I was like, he doesn't get that reference. He doesn't know what you're doing. It, it was, was for we, herself, okay? We, I guess. I was like, we know because we've seen this other conversation. But So the yeah. paper, turns out the papers Kate got were Lily's baby's birth certificate who they named Daniel and Daniel is listed as the father on the birth certificate. And he kind of absorbs this like, Oh my God. Like I thought Lily betrayed me, but really like Charles was just helping Lily out because you can't be an unwed mother in 1921 or whatever. And she still loved me because she wrote my name down on the birth certificate or whatever. So He's, like, really upset by this, obviously. Obviously, anybody would be upset by this. And, you know, when we turn into ghosts, we're all going to be super upset by things like this. <laughs> so she kind of gives them a... She, Kate kind of gives them a hug. And and then they hear the door and they kind of spring apart. 
and uh, Walter and Molly are coming in with like decorations for the Christmas Eve dance. It's like, let's get ready for the dance. Kate gives Daniel back his father's watch, which she has now managed to open, which is nice. She kisses him, which is really sweet, and then she's he's like, Let's very, he, he, I love his reaction. He's, like, so flustered. It's yes. great. And she's like, all right, let's go to the dance. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but I, wait, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, so for the most part, um, I find the, the, the direction and cinematography on this movie to be pretty darn competent. But the way that the dancing was shot is all terrible. terrible. It's like, I don't know what they did, but it's like, it's so queasy making to watch. They're like, the camera is kind of like moving around all funny. And like, they also both have no like rhythm. Right. It looks like they are trying really hard to remember all the steps while they are saying their lines. Yeah, it's terrible. And so it should be this really romantic moment, but it's just super distressing and bad. So Daniel and Kate are dancing together and she's like, we need more time. And, you know, and he's like, no, you know, we have all the time we need. And the sheriff cuts in then like, come on, man. Yeah. (laughs) She's half your age. Leave her alone. And so then Daniel kind of goes over to Walter and is like, how come you haven't danced with Molly yet? And Walter's like, fine, YOLO. And goes (laughs) over (laughs) and uh, cuts in. Molly's dancing with some like 17 year old kid. He's like, really young cuts in and she's like oh what took you so long maybe it's her kid who knows (laughs) so then all of a sudden daniel feels the presence of this other ghost he sees lily dressed up for the christmas eve so it's almost like the scene of the christmas eve of 1920s like superimposed on this modern day and he but he's the only one who can see the 1920s people so lily's in her christmas eve clothes and she's kind of like looking around the house looking all anxious and then she goes outside and he follows her so he can see her, but she can't see him. And they're reenacting what happened in 1920. Charles comes out. I have questions about this. Is Charles also a ghost there? Is this just sort of like a, almost like a movie of what happened back then? I don't know. Yeah. But Charles comes out to be like, you know, Daniel doesn't deserve your love and your trust and he can't change. And she's like, I believe he can because she's a terrible actress. And then all of a sudden... Charles is pretty terrible, too. He's like... Oh, he's all he's heard, worse. He's the all worst. All I heard was like, like every time he died. <laughs> so he's... So Daniel's remembering his own death a little bit more. And then Lily kind of... We see her slip her gloved hand into his hand. And she's like, who wasn't at the party? Yeah, because, so this is like ghost Lily talking to ghost Daniel now. I think, I think Lily is not a ghost. I think she's more of like a guardian angel type. Like a spirit. Yeah. So she, you know, it's hard to know what the theology of this movie is, but from what I can kind of glean from what sort of happens, what you're about to talk about is that she's more, she's moved on, but she can come back to kind of help and visit him. Like, so she's like an angel or whatever. She's not a ghost. She's not stuck there the way he is. Right. So... All of a sudden, you know, when Lily's like, who wasn't at the party, Daniel? He sees uh, Harry as a ghost carrying a bloody rock. And Harry and Daniel's like, oh, my God. So Daniel follows ghost Harry upstairs and Kate follows Daniel. And Daniel's like, Harry, I know it was you. Harry, come on. And Harry's like, look, I didn't have a choice because Pierre Lefeu or whatever was. LaBelle. <laughs> Thank Conrad you, Conrad LaBelle. 
Yeah, all right. Pierre LeFou. <laughs> um, Conrad made me, and he said that if I didn't kill you, that he would kill you, and then he would come after my family, like Henrietta, who was just like a baby girl at the time of the at the time of the murder. And you know, and and Harry basically says, as long as you are stuck in this house, so am I. And Daniel's like, oh, I get it now. Like this, you know, me being corporeal twelve days a year or whatever. Like this wasn't that wasn't a curse. It was Lily's miracle. Like she believed in me. She believed I could make it home. So she like gave me this time every year to kind of figure things out. So he goes over to Harry and is like, Harry, look, I forgive you. And he takes him by the hand and then Harry kind of poofs away like Thanos style. Well, except Harry, like, you know, the whole thing of like, well, where's Harry going to, like, Harry's like, where am I going to go? I killed someone. Like he, mm-hmm. he also doesn't want to leave because he thinks he's hell awaits him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not convinced that that's true in the context of this movie. It seems like it's a pretty forgiving afterlife. I guess. I don't know. Well... <laughs> Apparently it'll just spit you right back out if you don't want to go. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and, and so they're all like, so Daniel, like, why haven't you moved on? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I thought, he's like, it was a good theory. I don't know. <laughs> and Kate's like, I'm glad that you didn't move on because, you know, I have feelings for you and I don't care if we only have 12 days a year together. Like... I will wait for you and I will come to be with you 12 days a year. And he's like, yeah, I can't like, I can't let you do that. And she's like, I, that's what I want. Like I, I, there, there is nobody else for me. You know, I'm just going to have you 12 days a year. Yeah. He's like, so they kiss. Yeah. She's like, it's better than nothing. Yeah. They kiss and it's shot and edited extremely weirdly here. It looks as if his kiss puts her into a coma. (laughs) Because they're kissing and the clock is striking midnight and then all of a sudden it's like midnight oh one and she's asleep. Yeah, <laughs> it's the like couch. they're kissing and then like she I couldn't she figure like, that out. I was <laughs> like, did she pass out while they were kissing? What's I up? think yes, I think his kiss was like a reverse sleeping oh. beauty situation. No, I don't know. I think they just were lazy and bad editors. <laughs> like they, oh, okay. it just doesn't make any sense. So he tucks her in on the... It's this... Actually, it's this, like, not a very big couch. It's like a love seat. She's, like, all curled up, like, in the fetal position. Yeah. I was like, that can't be comfortable. But so he puts a blanket over her. And as he's doing that, Lily comes and is like, you know, you're free now. Come with me, my love. And takes him by the hand. And they walk out to the boundary. And then he kind of stops and hesitates. And she's like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, Ugh. And she said, the choice is yours, my love. And then she, like, walks off and disappears. So Kate wakes up alone, like, obviously super bummed out. It's Christmas morning, but she thinks thinks Daniel's gone. So she's, like, packing up her stuff. And her boss calls and is like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't think you would really quit. And she's like, yeah, uh, I really did. And he says, you know, a buyer came for the inn. And, you know, it it turns out it's Walter. Like, Walter and Molly are going to buy the inn together. Not a good idea. By the way, someone you just started dating uh, three hours ago, you're going <laughs> to buy an inn with them, but it's cool. She's walking out the front hall. There's that newspaper clipping of Daniel, and she says, like, she says, bye, Daniel. And then the door opens by itself, so she goes outside, and <laughs> Daniel is tromping so slowly through the snow. And they, like, run as fast as they can through, honest to God, you know, knee-high Massachusetts snow to, like embrace each other and she's just like 
Just she ask him how she asks him how it's possible, right? Yeah, she's like, "How are you here?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that is the end. Yeah. The well, end. What he says is like twelve days wasn't enough. I wanted more. Yeah, as if as that's, if that's how an it explanation. <laughs> like I, I met Saint Peter, and he was like, "Look, bro." <laughs> like, I, there's no. No explanation whatsoever, and they kiss, and that's the end of the movie. He's he's like, he kisses her, and then he's like, "Merry Christmas," and that's it. <laughs> and that's the movie. <laughs> that's the movie. Uh, faithful listeners, Ian and Lajay were watching it, and Lajay had a pretty pretty killer uh, burn on Daniel. You want to <laughs> you want to say what she said? Yeah, they're doing an excellent job of making it confusing about whether he's old timey or just a Mumford and Son. <laughs> So talk about his hair. Talk about his hair, finally. So his hair uh, changes in life and death. His (laughs) hair is longer in death than it was in life, which I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah, he just looks, he's wearing like, you know, kind of a vest and a crisp white shirt and suspenders and a tie. Like he looks like, I mean, he's a very cute guy, but, like, he looks nice. He looks nice. But he does kind of look like he should be, especially that, like, old newspaper clipping of him. Like, he he looks like he should be touring with Mumford and Sons. Or <laughs> I thought about it as, like, there are a lot of bars in New York that are, like, faux speakeasies. Like, I went to mm-hmm. one where, like, you had to have, it was behind, it was actually really cool. It was behind a coffee shop. So it was a coffee shop during the day. And then at night, you had to know a password. And if you had the password, they'd let you in by flipping the the wall around. And then in the back, it's all like a speakeasy. And they've, it's like kind of old-timey looking. Oh, so it's like uh, Baskin-Robbins Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, but like a secret. <laughs> if there was a secret Baskin-Robbins behind the Dunkin' Donuts and it only was open at oh, night. Oh, yes. man. That would be great. <laughs> so, but yeah. So like if... He could have easily, like, worked at that bar and just looked like he was, you know, really into it. Totally fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He's a bartender. Hey. Yeah. So, like, to me, I was like, oh, you just, you're like a Brooklyn, you just look like you live in Greenpoint. (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) you work at a speakeasy. But yeah, he he definitely, Lajay, you nailed it. He definitely looks like a Mumford and Son. That's amazing. (laughs) He should be, like, playing the mandocello or whatever. (laughs) You have a lot in discussion here. I do. I feel like this is the TV Christmas movie that kind of changed the game for us in terms of like how we felt about them. Yeah, it was so out there <laughs> and so amazing that we were like, we have got to consume more of this genre. <laughs> Nothing has ever topped this, though. No, because it's it's so different from... Because it's not Hallmark, it's like more Vista Entertainment. It's it's mm-hmm. it's Lifetime or like a different production company. So it doesn't. It's not that, that same formula yeah. kind of formula. Like Kate checks some of the boxes of that same kind of like. Well, I'm oh alone. the career stuff is like an absolute clone. Yeah, like I have a career. I don't have any family. I've lost the meaning of Christmas. Blah blah blah. Like <laughs> I don't. You know, my boss is like, "Well, you don't have a family, so you can stay here and do the work," which like I personally hate. But like, you know, so that kind of stuff definitely. But everything about the murder, like no one's ever murdered in all. <laughs> like everything about the murder, <laughs> everything about the flashbacks, everything about this kind of like this mystery on top of it being a love story, like. 
you know. Maybe if we got that other channel, that other Hallmark, Hallmark channel. Murders, so, murders and Mysteries. Right. When I say we, I mean our parents. Because <laughs> we watch them when we're home at our parents' house. Maybe if mom and dad got that Hallmark Murders and Mysteries channel or whatever, that those Christmas movies would be more like this. Maybe. I think they're like a lot of tearjerkers, too. Yeah, this isn't really a tearjerker. No. It's it's in it's in this funny space. It's just, it's a pretty straight romance is what it is. Yeah. That has a murder in it, I guess. Yeah. But it's a long time ago murder, so it's not as bad. Yeah. It's like it's like a the coldest cold case cuz it was 1920s and it was in the snow. Oh god. You have something in here about how like they couldn't figure out, you know, that he was killed, but like Yeah, it, what is that? No, no, come on. He's in the woods. It could have easily been that like a branch fell on his head or something. And like I said, he probably died more of the hypothermia than he did of, of of the head wound. I don't know, man. I just feel like, you know, foul play. Like, it's like, well, there were signs of foul play, but nothing was ever proven. He's like 15 feet from the dang house. And yeah. he and there's another set of footprints in the snow. Yeah, that part's interesting. Like, did Harry, like, kill him and then continue on to the house himself? Like, and like like run upstairs wash his hands and like oh, merry christmas everybody ha ah, it's cool like there's there's another set of footprints in the snow i guess that was what that did, was when i carried you wait what, that's when i didn't carry you what, what did harry do with that rock did he just keep it forever no he like threw it into the woods who come on like what were they gonna do well, realistically I, I don't know like i say in my notes i guess there's no csi 1920s but like i just feel like It'd be yeah, one they didn't have, like, luminol. Like, what were they going to do? Yeah, like, look, it would have been one thing to me if he had been poisoned. It would have been, like, you know, if he had a flask with him or something and he was drinking it and turns out Harry had, like, poisoned it with something and he just, like, fell on the ground and died. But he has a gaping head wound. Yeah, but what were they going to do about that? I don't know. Interrogate some people? Who knows? Uh, it was probably that sheriff's great grandpa. Yeah, it was like, was there a drifter here wearing a tie? <laughs> There's a lot of those running around. Yeah, that's true, I guess. I just like, it wasn't satisfying to me. Although I guess maybe the more satisfying response to why they never got anywhere was because Harry probably didn't want them looking into his death. So he was probably like, if he was the point person for like handling all this stuff, he's probably like, yeah, I don't know. They couldn't find anything like that. I would believe more. If Harry was like, I scuttled the the investigation into your death. Right. I mean, the chilling kind of part of this is that if you think about it, Harry probably ran the inn for like 40 years or something and had to deal with the ghost of the guy he murdered, like showing up every Christmas Holy to be like, moly. hey, man, like what's happened in 1937 or whatever? Like, hey, Daniel, good to yeah. see you. I mean, that to me would be like more torture than just, you know what I mean? Like, than just going to hell and giving up and just going to hell. Or just telling him and being like, you know. And also, like, if I guess he was worried that Daniel, I mean, Daniel could have killed Harry when he was in his corporeal form. If If Harry told Daniel, like, look, man, I killed you, then maybe he was worried that Daniel would kill him back. (laughs) We know. Two spirits of Christmas. Um, also, if Lily can come back, I think she's an angel, right? But if she could come back, because yeah. she did, she definitely did this time. Did she only come back now because Daniel was like learning to love again? Or I what? thought it was because Daniel was figuring it out, you know, and she was mm. trying to help him, right? Like she's trying to help him move on. She kind of gave him the 
the gift of like, well, as long as you're stuck here, you're going to at least get to be a person again around Christmas time. Yeah. But she's probably watching him from heaven which exists in this universe now this is like opening up a whole bunch of other questions for me because like (laughs) (laughs) i'm really gonna interrogate this for a second because charles was all charles didn't die like immediately right so like let's say okay it's 1922 okay Okay. lily's dead the baby's dead okay charles is daniel's dead charles is like like running the inn by himself (laughs) no harry's running it i think that Harry was the manager and Charles was the owner, essentially. Okay, but, like, it's a family estate. So let's say Charles is there for, like, you know, over the holiday for some reason. And he just runs into Daniel. Like, oh, that probably didn't happen. But why not? But why wouldn't it have happened? Well, uh, well, look, if your wife and your nephew, baby nephew, died in a place, maybe you don't ever set foot in it again. I actually kind of believe that, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. This place has and and your brother was murdered 15 feet away. That's true. You're probably like, this place holds nothing but death and destruction for me. I'm gonna go move to Hawaii. And also your parents too, right? Like, his parents died, like, immediately Well, they didn't die at the inn, right? Well, I don't know. They don't specify. They probably died of influenza. Maybe. Maybe it's the economy and influenza. <laughs> In this economy? <laughs> um, just a PSA for, oh, I guess it's not a PSA. Fun fact. Fun fact for everyone. We had rum runners in our family. Yeah, we, our grandmother's father was a police officer on the take during Prohibition. No, the, on the other side. Oh, okay. But also that. Oh yeah, that's our grandmother's right. on both sides. <laughs> our grandmother's father was uh, was a uh, was a crooked police officer during Prohibition who like took money to not report on speakeasies or something. I'm not totally clear on what exactly he yeah, did. He was but like it was super illegal. Yeah, he was like a Philadelphia police officer just ignoring all the the alcohol coming in. I guess. And what was the rum running you were thinking about on Dad's side? On Dad's side, so. Our dad, we were talking, this was a few years ago, we're talking about, like, how expensive it is to buy a home or whatever, and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just jogs your memory a little bit. And uh, then he very much, like, sort of out of the blue was like, oh, yeah, we had... So on his side of the family, he had relatives that were, like, maybe a generation... It must have been a, the generation before him or two generations before him, because dad was born in the 40s. Right. So, so it wouldn't previous. have been his parents. It must have been his grandparents. So his, somebody in his grandparents' family, because they lived in upstate New York, <laughs> had basically like a straight shot up into Canada. And they had relatives who like lived near the border. So they would like stay with them and then come back down with, you know, go into Canada, get the booze, stay with them at the border, come back down and then like sell it on like Long Island, essentially. <laughs> and... um and he was like, just very casually was like, oh, yeah, we had rum runners in our family. And I was like, Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, how do you think I got the money for my first house? Like the person who inherited that money or maybe it was the person who made that money, question mark, or somebody in the same like line of the family had that money when she died and then gave that money to our dad, like in her will. And then that's the down payment the down on my payment dad's first house. Yeah. Our dad's first house, which our mom moved into with him. Um, 
our the down payment what a, what a brazen hussy yeah so our yeah our, our the down payment for our dad's first house came from rum running and then mom didn't know uh we knew before she did mom didn't know until i don't know this part of the story so mom didn't know until she and dad were watching the ken burns documentary about prohibition on pbs and dad just same very casual thing i'm like oh yeah we had rum runners in my family she was like what 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 and (laughs) she was like called me and she was like did you know and i was like oh yeah i've known that for years and she's like what (laughs) So, you know, How? this could have been us. This is, could have been our family. I mean, it's one in... thing to be from my family of criminals, but I married into a different family of criminals. <laughs> uh, so this could have been... It was upstate New York and not As far Boston. as we know, our parents have never participated in any, like, smuggling or anything of that nature. I just want to clear could their names. Could you imagine names. dad trying to smuggle anything? <laughs> be like, officer, I just have some heroin. Oh, t- oh. I mean, <laughs> I love wonder woman this isn't working <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love america um yeah so that's just like a little fun story so this you know this i think maybe is a little near and dear to our hearts too because little little uh family association two more things i want to talk about before we wrap up yeah uh the first of which is i, we, I mostly said this but like i think the acting in this movie is pretty weak yeah and yeah, 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 particularly yeah. the old-timey people but but the script is really strong, and the surprisingly the, yes, and the the set decoration, the 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 setting, you know, where they chose to film and all that are also really strong. So I would love to see, and maybe these maybe this exists, but I would love to see like another movie from the same like production and writing team with actual competent actors because I feel like that could be like the holy grail of Christmas movies. Uh, guess what. Will You Marry Me is from the same... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do Will You Marry Me? That's the one about the Jewish and the Christmas... The, sorry, the Jewish-Christian intermarriage, right? Yes, yes. No, I definitely do not want to do that Why one. Not? Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little... It's a, it cuts a little too close. No, <laughs> no, no thank you. Yeah, they make... They, they don't just make Christmas movies. Like, Hallmark makes exclusively like these kinds of movies but this entertainment company makes like all kinds of i'm just curious about those writers if they've done anything else Oh, all right well we can check it out romance genre accidentally engaged that sounds good let's put it on the list (laughs) i don't think that's a christmas movie well we've got to fill up a lot of time in 2019 i don't know if you got the memo but there's three episodes in january and february and then we have to wait until september for the next season so Get those ideas flowing. <laughs> There's one called Christmas Mix with Haley Duff. Hilary Duff's sister. Yeah, I know who Haley Duff is. Okay. Uh, Girlfriends of Christmas Past. Mm, maybe amazing. Wait, <laughs> do you think there's ghosts again? I think it's... It's like, it's like a... It's, it's yeah, like a, oh, let's, okay. let's put a pin in that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Should I? Let's, let's, let's close that tab, but okay. put a pin in it. Okay. So, and the last thing is like... Okay, what the F is going on? Oh, great question. <laughs> is it with his ability to just become a dude at the end of this movie inexplicably? Yeah, I mean, Lily says the choice is yours, but, like, I have a lot of questions about what that means practically. Like, will he... Is he immortal now? Is he never gonna die? I feel like... I feel like his life resumes where it did when he got murdered. And so he'll just sort of age. But I have more questions about, like... 
How on earth what, are they going to make up? Are they going to forge a birth certificate for her to him? Are they going to pretend that he immigrated from Canada? Like, how are they going to work this? How are they going to like, how can they legally get married? How can he legally own anything? He's just going to be this like sovereign citizen. This, this person without papers living in, you know, nobody wants to live in this current America without papers. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I mean, well, this was Obama's America. Right? It was. God bless Obama's America. But yeah, you're right. Like I hadn't even really thought of that. Like, he <laughs> yeah, has... you, you think of like the mystical implications, and I think of the very practical. No, but you're implications. right. Like, okay, so in the movie Holes slash the book Holes, which is an amazing book and movie. I haven't read the book, but I love that movie. Oh, uh, the book is the book is great. It's too sad. Um, but the movie is also great. They did a wonderful job of, of, uh, adapting. Adapting, yeah. And, um, so the kid's name is Stanley Yelnats, and it's a family name, and it's been given to, like, every single generation, every boy of his, like, and every single generation of his family going back to, like, his grandfather's grandfather's grandfather, whatever. Stanley Yelnats. So... There's something of his, like, grandfather's grandfather that they find in that. But it has his name on it because it's the same name. So in my head, I'm like, well, if she's the executor of the Forsyth Trust and he's a Forsyth, then, like, maybe there's a way to kind of, like, you know, grandfather him into that. But you're correct in that, like... If he's like, oh, JK, I'm Daniel Jacob Forsyth, they'll be like, oh, my God, you died... 95 years what is this like are you i wonder if there's like some way like if if there's some way to 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 kind of like almost be like oh my gosh a distant cousin has popped up so maybe but you've left off the most difficult steps which is that he doesn't have a birth certificate (laughs) that you know pegs him at the age he actually is which is i don't know 25 or 30 or something he needs a birth certificate and a social security card. Yeah, <laughs> like, he- all the stuff about, you know, let's get him recognized as a distant cousin or whatever. Like, that comes way later. Like, the first part is, he's going to have to go... Wait, did you see the Twilight movies? I forget. I saw the first one. Okay. Well, there's a scene in the fourth one where Why Bunk... Why did you from- watch the fir- fourth Twilight movie? I have a problem yeah you clearly do <laughs> bunk from the wire does all this really expensive document forgery for the cullens in the fourth twilight movie they're gonna have to go to bunk from the wire to like get him like a fake birth certificate and a fake passport and a fake social security card and all that stuff and like that's hard man yeah and expensive yeah and yeah i don't know and also, does she does she still have her job? I'm not super clear on yeah, that. Yeah, not of the movie. not clear. And also, like, yeah, that's the other thing about this. Like, not clear what she's gonna do in this like small bed and breakfast, snowy Massachusetts town. I mean, she could be a lawyer. I mean, it's it's still in Massachusetts, so her her bar association or whatever will still accept her. You know, she can just practice law in this small town. That's probably a fine thing for her to do. I mean, I, a lot of times these movies are like, oh, this woman is so career driven or whatever, but like her job genuinely seemed awful. Yeah. I'm not like mad that she left it. Yeah. I mean, like he called, the boss calls her and was like, you're right that like you need a, it's Christmas, like you should get a vacation. But then she never says like, okay, well, since you've acquiesced, like I will come back. 
Right. It's just never resolved at all. Yeah. So we don't know what happens with her career because it's like very much not the focal point of the movie. Right. But yeah, I mean, like, if you had any, I mean, there are certainly jobs. Like, I've had jobs and I always, like, got really annoyed at this. Like, I've had jobs that are like, you know, we don't care if it's Christmas. Like, you still have to do some level of work. And I'm always like, okay, well, uh, no thanks. Uh, I don't stay at those jobs. Um, <laughs> she said 12 jobs in 12 years. <laughs> um, I've had 95 jobs. <laughs> I've been, I'm secretly a good... 95 years, yes. But, yeah, I, it's not clear what she's going to do. Walter and Molly are going to run the inn so they could... But they don't need to close anymore because he's just a person. Where is he going right. to live if they own the inn... Ooh, good question. Where are they going to live? <laughs> question mark. Um, she but, probably has mad stacks. It's probably okay. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I but there's also just like the mystical implications of like, I also felt a little bad for Lily. Like, you I know, know she was a horrible actress, but like. She, no, I know. I think that once you are in heaven, probably you're cool with everything, right? Yeah, Like, I you can't so. get mad. Like, if you, if you actually believe in a heaven, which we've just been through this i super don't but if if you actually believe in a heaven then like there's people who like you know you're married and then your spouse dies and then you get remarried and you love both of them equally you have to just assume if they all go to heaven like that everybody is somehow cool with this like you know there has to be some sort of ethos in heaven of like yeah like people move on and it's okay and we have to just kind of but it's different like he had the opportunity to go with her and he turned her down he wanted that... to live. I mean, I sympathize with that. Yeah. He wanted to live. That's true. He wanted to live with this woman who he, like, knows now. And quite frankly, like, between Lily and Kate, Kate is way the better choice for him because she actually pushes back on his bull shirt. Yeah, that's she, true. Like, Lily, like, it didn't, it seemed like it was, he and Lily were kind of a mismatch. Yeah, they totally that. were. Yeah. Like, they just, did, they, they were like fighting and she couldn't get through to him he didn't seem to totally respect her whereas with her with kate it's like he actually kind of acquiesces to her stuff more and maybe you know she's a modern woman and she doesn't expect to be talked down to and she kind of doesn't accept it and it works out a lot better for the two of them it seems like yeah no that's true but yeah (laughs) this is a great movie it's great (laughs) don't get me wrong it's great but they just yada yada over like the most important part. Like, why was he in the woods all GD night if he, like, made the... Like, that implies that, like, he wrestled with that decision for a long time or had to go through something to get back. Which we never see. Yeah, which we never see. Because she... It is he, like, re- he wrestled an angel. Yeah. It's and like, he was given the name Jacob. It's like 1202. <laughs> that is his middle name. Sorry, given the name Israel. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Given oh. the name Israel. Um, after wrestling with the with the with the angel, let me not get my uh, Bible wrong. Like he, Lily takes him out to the edge of the property at like I don't know twelve oh five because twelve oh five yeah because uh-huh. Kate has like and it's like fully ten a.m. by the time that's what I mean. Sure. It's like it's like he. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe he had to like maybe he had to walk back from Montreal again. Maybe I don't know. She because they're at the edge of the property and he's like looking back towards the house and she's like, "You can come with me or stay with her, basically." And then she kind of apparates. She like goes or (laughs) whatever. Even read Harry Potter. She goes into the void and she's like, and she's (laughs) assumed into heaven, I guess. 
And then is the implication that he stayed out there for eight hours, ten hours? And no, just like... I think the implication is that he made the decision that he wanted to be alive. And then that kind of like reset him back to having to trudge through the oh. snow. Like... So do you think he woke up out of the snow? <laughs> no, Nin- not, like not, not the years place ago? where he was killed. But it is the like, place that he for... was killed. No, he was like killed 15 further... feet from the house. No, but like he's further back when she first catches sight of him. Like... I think you know the path that he was walking back to the house. He's back. He's basically like re- like reset back to the last save point on his game. <laughs> <laughs> back, you know, back, you know, maybe like ten miles or something. I don't know. And he has to walk back. I don't. I mean, this is all conjecture. The movie gives saying. us nothing. This is what I'm saying. And then she's like, "Well, how do you?" And he's like, "I'm just. I wanted I, to spend more time days with you. Wasn't enough. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The end. Kiss. Yeah. They just yada yada over this." And it's a mystery. It's gr- it's such a great movie that we don't care. <laughs> I mean, we do care, but we don't really care. We don't. Next week, I don't know what we're doing, but when we decide, I will tweet it out. Yeah. What do you want to decide now or wait? No, no, no. I okay. definitely don't. Okay. When we do, when we decide, I need I I, I need to <laughs> to go lie down. Okay. When we decide, this movie has uh, worn you out. <laughs> you need yes. to go lie down. <laughs> Disgusting. It has. So when we decide, I will tweet that out. So sometime this week. And then, of course, that will be like our Christmas episode, basically. Yeah. Until next week, priorities, Brianna! (laughs) We'll see you next time, um, Rob Runners. Thank you.